Hello and welcome to I Wish I Wrote That Song, a podcast where we talk to songwriters and artists about themselves, songwriting and a song they wish they wrote. They'll then play a cover of the song for us at the end of the episode. I'm Keith Wyatt, one of the founders of Indie Kitchen, an acoustic sessions website and a small record label based in Cornwall in the UK. And I'm David Glover, a writer, record producer, a musician and owner of Tesla Studios, a recording studio in Sheffield. For this episode, we spoke to Siobhan Mar-Kennedy. Siobhan is possibly best known as the singer with Liverpool band River City People, as well as being a children's TV presenter and actress. River City People released two albums in the late 80s and early 90s, Say Something Good and This Is The World. They had their biggest chart success with a cover of California Dreaming by Mamas and Papas. After the band split, Siobhan joined Kindred Spirit with Debbie Peterson of The Bangles. For the last 26 years, Siobhan has lived in Nashville, USA, where she's married to record producer Ray Kennedy. Her first solo album, Immigrant Song, co-produced by Ray and Steve Earle, was released to critical acclaim in 2002. We spoke to Siobhan about the loss of her friend and songwriting legend, John Prine, her Live Girls project supporting young breakthrough artists in Liverpool, and of course, the song she wished she wrote, a song by Tom Paxton, released in 1964. Head over to our website at I Wish I Wrote That Song for more episodes and Spotify playlists of the songs featured. Welcome to I Wish I Wrote That Song with Siobhan Mark Kennedy. Siobhan, welcome to I Wish I Wrote That Song. Thank Hi. you. Thank you. This is a great, a great honour. What have you been up to? Well. Not much you can be getting up to at the minute, is there? But. There's not <laughs> much you can get up to, but I have been very busy because the last couple of years I've had the pleasure of working for my best friend, Fiona Prime, and her husband, the sadly late John Prime. I have been their close friends for 25 years. And they were kind enough to give me a job. And so John contracted COVID right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was really uh, life-changing for me and all our, all our friends here in Nashville. And um, as part of my job, I have been sifting through all the beautiful letters and cards and condolences that have come from the fans and the friends and we're just putting together you know everyone's name so that we can thank everybody down the road so that's that's part of of what I've been doing is um just reading all the great great things all the fans have sent in and they'll all be getting a thank you in some way for that oh that's good I guess it's a a very sad but also must like kind of heartening job in a way to see the love that there was for John Prine oh I know, I know. It's just incredible because to us, he was just our friend and a big part of my my family life here. But to see then what a loss he is to the world and to people that didn't know him. Very sad. Yeah. But his, you know, his music and legacy is huge. Yeah. And I think it's actually starting, as always happens, I think, when people pass away and 
and people start to look at what they did in their career, attracting so many more fans to his music because he really was the the working man's poet. You know, he's just incredible. Mm. And I've had a lot of people reach out and say, this is the first time I've, I've heard his songs and he's, he's incredible. Back here in the UK, it's been quite a big news topic. So and there's been some very moving tributes to him on the radio. It's been, yeah, it's very sad. Knowing John as long as I did, even he would be shocked that a pandemic took him out. You know, mm. it just was so shocking. You know, he's had many health issues that were public knowledge. You know, he came out and said... And so this was a big shock for it to be this that took him. Last night we had a big online tribute to him because obviously in normal times we'd be having a great big memorial now with live performances by all his buddies, but instead they all contributed online. And it was very moving, very moving. And we ended the night with a a new song that he recorded last summer. And it's really incredible because the words, it's called I Remember Everything. And it's almost like he knew that he didn't have a long time. And yet that wasn't where he was, he was, he was a year ago, you know. Sam Stone came home to his wife and family After serving in the conflict overseas and the time that he served had shattered all his nerves and left a little shrapnel in his knee. But the morphine eased the pain and the grass grew around his brain and gave him all the confidence he lacked. With a purple heart on his back There's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes How about yourself? Are you working on any new music? A couple of years ago I really got fired up again about doing some music and I was very inspired by a lot of these new women collectives of singer-songwriters and I thought about how I love the model of the Bluebird Cafe and the in the round of singer-songwriters taking turns to do a song each and sharing it with each other. And I established a new little collective of singer-songwriters called the Live Girls. And we did our first gig in Liverpool last summer when I was home. And it was just great and it sold out. And then we did it again in February when I was home for the UK Americana Awards and conference, we sold out again in Liverpool. And it really is just so much fun because I'm stepping back into music and I only have to, there's no pressure. I only have to do like five or six songs on one night. And it's just really fun. See that girl, she stands alone, waits on the corner in the rain. Knows everything she needs to know But she's too young, too young to look so old 
And all the things that she could have done When she needed help, she found no one Just a man so alone And he looks to her for what he should have found at home It also gives me a chance to big up some Liverpool girls that I think are really talented, some singer-songwriters from my hometown. And they're just absolute talents. There's Laura Oakes, Eleanor Nelly, Katie Nicholas, and Megan Louise. And each girl is a stunning artist, absolutely stunning. If it were to rain today, hope it would wash this away. Fall down on a world that aches Sat here waiting for it to break Was it always this way? I guess we all, all change But if we can stand still they write great songs and they're beautiful singers and the thing that knocks me out about them the most is they play the guitar really really well <laughs> and that's something that i didn't actually persevere with i got lazy about it and i wouldn't even dare to do it anymore so i actually am the only person in the round that's got a guitar player <laughs> so i will mention those on the website and link to those people yeah please do Everybody's falling apart Every time we turn around Another love is going down Our friends have all but locked up their hearts So afraid to hurt again They won't even stop What would I if I woke up one day and I'd lost you I'm very, very passionate about Liverpool, about where I come mm. from and about the talent that's in that city. And it was only moving to live in America that it made me realise how hard it is for artists that come out of a small working class town to actually really break out and see the world and get their music heard. Even with the internet, it's still an uphill struggle. Oh, so yeah, um, <laughs> so I try and use what I can to, to help those girls. Start the day like I always do. Pack my bags and I tie up my shoelaces. Run as fast as I can to catch the bus again I guess today it's not to be It was And there's more live girls out there as well. I mean, I've got like a, a list of other names that have been suggested that if I lived in Liverpool, I could probably do an in the round every week, you know, or even every night of the week. But but I don't. So twice a year is as much as, I, <laughs> as I'm doing at the moment. It's such a musical city, though, isn't it, Liverpool? Oh, so it's amazing. amazing. I love the place. I think it's great. I've been there a lot. It's so great. And uh, I'm always very inspired when I go there. And it's been a long time since I did any new recordings, but 
that is what I'm leading up to doing is just using the Liver Girls as a way to get back to performing. And then I'll take the next step. I do have some guitar vocals recorded of songs that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I'll get there eventually. How, how do you choose the songs that you want to do? Oh, gosh. I mean, coming to Nashville mm, yeah. was just like a kid in a candy store. Um, when I was in River City People, I loved the songwriting of the guys in the band. And I wasn't the main songwriter, so I was quite happy to, you know, contribute where I could. But I'm a great believer in leaving people who are great at writing songs to be in the songwriters. And I'm a great singer, so I'll sing them. to Nashville I just couldn't believe it I would go to the Bluebird Cafe and I would be floored I would be crying I would be sobbing with how a song hit the nail on the head for me for instance Beth Nielsen Chapman Sand and Water if you've ever I mean I hate to harp on the whole grief and losing people thing but unfortunately I'm in my 50s so it's meaning more than ever. Um, and she wrote a song about grief, about losing her husband, Sand and Water. It's unbelievable. I literally think, okay, I know the third verse is coming where she's going to talk about raising her child alone and I'm not going to cry this time. <laughs> and every time, every time she says, all alone I will raise this child and I just go, I'm like a baby, crying like a baby. All alone, heal this heart of sorrow. All alone, raise this child. Flesh and bone, he's just bursting towards tomorrow. So coming to Nashville, I just, I was spoiled for choice. And so over the years, I've gathered a list and I will, I will definitely record some more songs. it's a long time since Immigrant Flower. It is, it is. And I, I was really helped to choose the song for Immigrant Flower by um, Steve Earle and Ray Kennedy, who's my husband. They co-produced it together. And Steve really picked some crackers for me. I love When You Go Away, which is the song that Mike Scott from The Waterboys wrote. 
And when I perform it somewhere, people go, oh my gosh, that's like the perfect Irish song for you, you know? And it's funny because he isn't even Irish, but it sounds like an Irish song and it sounds like something I would have written with my background in folk music and Irish music. I love that song. I love Fearless Heart, which is one that classic Steve song. wrote yeah. for himself. Classic, isn't it? Absolute classic song. I love that it's about jumping in every time, like this relationship is going to work out. And um, I love that about Steve. I mean, he's another close friend who's been in my life 25 years and I just love his resilience and the way he when he does fall in love he goes in both feet every time And he's still someone who's producing phenomenal albums. The new album, Ghosts of West Virginia, is not only an excellent album musically, but its portrayal of life from the point of view of the mining communities in West Virginia is very powerful. I'm glad, I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad that you like it. My husband uh, recorded the new Steve Earle album uh, and we went to uh, Electric Lady in New York. Oh, wow. Cool. So Amazing. I was like cool. so, so excited. I was yeah. like, please, please walk in, Patty Smith, please walk in. <laughs> and, then, and when I told Steve that, he goes, Oh, I could have got Patty to come over. She's like a really good friend. And I was like, so I was like really screaming. Wow. Yeah. That book's great. They're just I've, kids. I've one. read all of them. I've oh, read I've only read just kids, but that's great. I said to Steve, I said, are you kidding? I said, I looked at your Instagram, Patty Smith had put a message on there for you. <laughs> and it's really her. She really does her Instagram. And he goes, well, yeah, of course, you know, Patty's like a friend. And I'm like, oh my God, I've read everything <laughs> she's ever written. People say beware, but I don't care. I'm a huge, huge melody person. Um, and I think as I've got older, I've realized how important the lyrical part is. I mean, I've obviously known that that was important, but to me, a cracking melody, just I just get so carried away and excited with, with great melodies. And a friend of mine here in Nashville just wrote with Bert Bacharach and I'm so wow. jealous I could throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Don't come much higher than Bert, do they? Wow. I'm like, did you mention me? It, it is. It's an amazing place, isn't it? I know that um, I've only been to Nashville once and um, seven or eight years ago. You know, there is that real vibrancy in the songwriting. And the, one of the things that struck me was that in other music scenes that I've either seen or been involved with in other places, um, there's almost a 
a competition or almost a jealousy at times. But there it seems that people collaborate. Maybe I had a very you know, distorted view of it or maybe a, a tourist rose-tinted eye view of it, but it seems to be genuinely a lot of collaboration going on between people and people seem to be quite kind of giving in the way they work together. Well, it's like Hollywood. It's like Hollywood is for actors. Music City here in Nashville is, is like that for songwriters. It's a, it's a songwriting town. Songwriters and players. Some of the most amazing players there, are Oh, they? wow. I am, I am spoilt rotten <laughs> when I think about us as River City people thrashing away on our instruments, you know, really, really practicing so that we could play. And, you know, it took practice because... We were just kids in Liverpool who were like, okay, let's be a band. And there is a magic to that. I'm not saying everyone has to be a virtuoso. Definitely. But when you're suddenly with a virtuoso, I just am floored by their, their talent. They, they work so quickly, don't they? Oh, yeah. But also so emotive really quickly. Yeah. It's really, it's really something and very inspiring. And that's what's kind of sad about at the moment, the way you know, live things aren't happening. And it's, you know, that's, mm. a, that's a global thing. We all, we all are in this for those moments. Obviously, as you say, it's a massive impact on Nashville as any, you know, any venue or any town or city around the world. It's going to be a long-term problem, isn't it? It's going to, you know, it before is. people can get back out to venues. We wonder how it's going to come back again. Nashville is one of the states that is a red state. So, we are run by a Republican governor and they are more likely to open up more quickly. So they have. And so we will see now what the repercussions of that mm. will be. Without getting too political, obviously it's troubling times on a wider front as well, isn't it, at the moment with the Black Lives Matter? Here's the thing. It's always been troubling times. Yeah. But now someone is filming all that. Mm. and. No one can escape the terrible things that they were doing anymore because people, we literally watched an eight minute, 46 second snuff video on our televisions. Our children saw it. This was, you know, cold-blooded murder. It happens all the time. And now somebody has filmed it. And hopefully the way I look at it, is that 2020 won't be a wasted year. This yeah. will be the year that systemic racism and all the things that have been going on in this country will actually, you know, come to an end. I hope so. There's a massive spotlight on it, isn't there? Which is hopefully, which is hopefully, like you say, going to come out, come out better and people more educated and more, I don't know. Yeah. It's even hard to talk about isn't it it's really hard to talk about it's really hard to talk about but our silence is the worst mm -hmm. thing even yeah. if we make an absolute mess of what we're saying what we're trying to say is it's up to us now to put it right black people are exhausted they've been fighting this for years it's now up to us to be their allies and their advocates and instead of saying well if you don't believe this i'm not going to be your friend we've got to like get hold of these people that we're our friends and try and make them Understand. stand alongside black people and say, you know, black lives matter. I mean, I even look back 
10, 15 years when I was like, people were saying all lives matter. And I didn't, I, I didn't even get that. I was going, yes, all lives matter. Oh, I'm so, I could kick myself, of course. It's about black lives matter. It's not about all lives matter. Because of course all lives matter. But the fact is the black lives were the people that were, yes. were being yeah. killed. Yeah, so they didn't seem and to matter as to much. Us to, yeah. No. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I didn't get that back then. Mm. Uh, I, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And I'm still trying to, you know, be an, you know, to perfect anti-racism. Yeah. You know, so that it's, it's first and foremost and we can start to help um, the black communities get pushed into the spotlight so that yeah. they're safe and people can't kill them in the shadows anymore. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's an amazing time. I'm just hoping, like I say, that it's part of why 2020 isn't cancelled, you know? <laughs> I don't know if I... I noticed that you, you're on a song on the John, John Jenkins album. Oh, yeah. It's Mountain Between Us. How did that come about? Mm-hmm. What's the story behind that? So we have stayed in touch over the years. And then John started writing his own music and being a, a solo artist and songwriter. So for old time's sake, he asked, would I duet with him on his new record? So when I was home in Liverpool to do my live a girls gig um i nipped into the studio in liverpool and recorded that song with him keeping those demons inside i just want to listen it was good to hear your voice on something new I love, love, love doing duets. And I did a duet with Steve Earle on his El Corazon album that's called Poison Lovers, which I love. And then for the last few years, I've been duetting and doing background vocals on Richard Thompson's albums. So I've sung on the last three of his. So that has been great fun as well. How does it affect how you approach a song as a as a duet as opposed to a, on your own? I'm just thinking about this. Oh, I just, I think it goes back to how much I love melody. I am, I am so drawn in by the blend of notes. I mean, I'm getting deep here on music. That's but fine. It's fine. Keep going. When, no, when notes blend together, I like to be right in the middle of the note. And when you sing with another person and you just get that, it's just a, a blend. You just lock in and it's just a beautiful harmony. That's just, I don't know, it sets something off in me. I love it. So when I'm going to duet with somebody, part of it is that. And then part of it is like the little drama that happens between two people singing together. And it's usually in the lyric. There's usually a reason that you're singing with that person. So in Poison Lovers, Steve is singing about us as a couple, you know. Same with that John Jenkins song, The Mountain Between Us. It's really sweet. It's like, it's a little love story. 
we'll do it together, we'll climb this mountain together and we'll be okay. And it, it tells the story of so many relationships. If you're in them long enough, you've got to climb a few mountains and it's not easy. And I love that. That really, that really sets me on fire as well to have, have that little bit of drama. So, Siobhan, the podcast is called I Wish I Wrote That Song. Which song do you wish you wrote? I wish I wrote Last Thing on My Mind, which um, is a song by Tom Paxton. It's a lesson too late for the learning Made of sand, made of sand in the wing and my dad read me on the folky stuff and i don't know whether it was because i was indoctrinated with it it's why i love it so much <laughs> but i just um a sucker for a great folk song and i love the storytelling in it i love the melodies again and the melody and last thing on my mind is just cracking and suits my voice so um I wish I'd written that. The last thing on my mind. You've got reasons aplenty for going. This I know. This I know. For the weeds have just about life. Lesson too late for the learning. Um, it means more to me now, in my fifties, um, obviously. I've become so much more uh, interested in what makes people tick, mm -hmm. in history, um, all the things that you don't care about when you're younger, uh, but you know that there's, there's a reason that these things um, were written. Just like looking at art and going, wow, I know why that was done. And look what it means now. It, it all it all looks differently as the years go by. So that's why I wish I'd written that song. And did you know, well, according to Wikipedia, that it's based on the leaving of Liverpool? I am bound California. Last thing on my mind? Yeah. According to Wikipedia, it claims it, he wrote it based on the leaving of Liverpool, the song, the traditional song, which is slightly strange. I thought a strange coincidence. I, did, I wondered if you knew and whether that's even true or not. But uh... Well, your listeners are not going to see my gobsmacked <laughs> Yeah, But that is so unbelievably serendipitous. I... Okay, so the leaving of Liverpool, I have sung since I was a little girl. My dad taught me that song when I was very, very young. And my mum and dad sang it in their band every night of their lives. And my mum did um, the third verse. And when I was 17, my mum was having a baby and wasn't very well. So she went on bed rest and I stood in for her in the band. So I sang Leaving of Liverpool every night as well. 
which was really tiring going out and doing the clubs, the working men's clubs, and then going to school the next morning. But it was a, it was a great insight into that whole world. And um, that's amazing. So not only have I always sung that song too, but the fact that Tom Paxton would be thinking about Liverpool. I love that. I love that Liverpool-America connection, you know? And I walked into the studio once um, with John Prine and Tom Paxton was sat there and he said, oh, this is Tom Paxton. And I went, can I give you a hug? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, yeah, sure. (laughs) When did you find the song? Well, very, very young. Like I say, when my dad was teaching me all those classics, he said, this is always a good one. If you sing this, going to bring the house down. My dad was a great um, musicologist in a way. You know, he, his repertoire, he can play for three hours and still have songs and know all the words, which is a real gift. Um, so he taught me some standards that he felt like if ever I had to get up and sing for anyone, you know, this is going to be a good one. And, and last thing on my mind um, was one of those. So I think I'd always had it in my back pocket. I'd forgotten how good he is, actually. When you said that you were choosing this song, I went back and listened to that album, the Rambling Boy album. And it is just such a phenomenal album, isn't it? I know. I wouldn't like to think about how many years it is since I listened to it last, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, it's a phenomenal album. It really is. And and again, it's never lost on me that I'm just a girl from Liverpool. And I happen to then be sitting in a studio with one of my dad's idols, you know, Tom Paxton, who... You know, he taught me all those songs and it's just never lost on me being over here and meeting the people that were my dad's influence and then in turn mine as well. It's amazing how much effect some of those those artists like Tom Paxton, John Prine have had on the music Mm -hmm. around them and the people playing the music and the songs that have lived on so long. I think it's, it's, people are very talented if they can write music like that that has such a deep impact and a long impact in in lasting that long I think well when John was inducted when John Prine was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame he said there's no better feeling than having a hit song in your back pocket and you're the only one who's heard it <laughs> that's a brilliant quote yeah Isn't so it? when you approach a song like that I mean it's obviously a song that means so much to you do you just look at it as if it was your song and how you're going to record it? Or do you nod to how they've done it? How do you go about your approach? Usually, usually I have listened to my own voice singing it in the bathroom with some acoustics. And that's usually what gets me going is singing a cappella and then imagining what I need to support my vocal. Because I always felt like in the 80s, being in bands, the vocal was the last thing anybody cared about. <laughs> like, you know, you t- spend six weeks getting a snare sound. I'm like, yeah. hello, I'm going to be singing the bloody thing, you know? <laughs> it's always like the last like last bit of time you've got available in the studio, isn't it? It's like, end of the day, it's like, okay, we've got two hours left, vocals. <laughs> it was frustrating for me for a long time making records where I felt like my voice was the last thing. That always is the thing that leads me. I will be humming a song on the loo and I'll go, 
oh my gosh, I need to cut this song. This is, you know, lyrically, melodically, so great. And then I'll start to imagine what should go along with it, whether it should be, you know, more keyboardy, atmospheric, or whether we need to be really rootsy and have some great guitar picking and a fiddle. Um, and that's what I felt. The last thing on my mind, I wanted it to be very much like if I'd got up at the station in the bluegrass joint in Nashville um, with, you know, a guitar picker and a fiddle player. And then my really good friend, Kim Rich, she did the background vocals for me just because I wanted somebody else's voice singing along with me instead of, you know, doing it myself, which I normally do. It was just nice to have somebody else sing along. And she's not so bad either on her own, is she? She's got a great voice. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kim Ritchie is phenomenal. Phenomenal writer, phenomenal singer. And, of course, you know, in this Americana genre, most of the time you can only afford to go around with yourself and your guitar for financial reasons. When Kim plays with a full band, I'm not kidding, it's slave. You speak of love as if it was a ghost that you don't believe in. So you say that you work you you build the song up around your voice and you imagine how things mm -hmm. fit in and the kind of how you're going to present it instrumentation wise or yep. or the atmospherics yep. of the songs um you have a fairly well-known husband producer when you get in the studio with him how do, how does that work do you have very similar views or do is that when things fall apart and you have very different views okay well this is hilarious one of it's like the cobbler's children don't have any shoes um <laughs> <laughs> I know he gave me a big set of headphones for today, but that's like about it because I'm actually on my iPhone. Um, we do have a full recording studio. Am I ever in it? Do I ever get to record anything? No. <laughs> so because he's too busy. And, and so when I did last thing on my mind, I actually went to my friend's house who has a recording studio and did it with him <laughs> because I knew I'd get it done. Otherwise, I'd be on Ray's waiting list. <laughs> so is he going to do the next album? You'll have to persuade him to do the next album. Because between oh him and Steve Earle, they did a pretty good job of the last one. So yeah. They did. They did. And that was actually quite fun because what we would do is we'd do it during the lunch breaks of Steve's album. So, you know, if there was like some downtime, we'd run in and do a song for me and then just keep it, which was, which was so fun, you know? And then we kind of finished it off ourselves after the fact Steve came back into town and we, we just finished it off. But um, yeah, it was good. It was great fun doing that. Um, but since Steve moved to New York, I don't think he'd be around, but I am hopeful that Ray will make a new record with me. I know what I want it to sound like. He did a record for a, an, a Northern Ireland artist called Bap Kennedy. Um, Bap is sadly no longer with us, but what an artist. I mean, just incredible singer-songwriter. And I love his album. It's one of my favourite albums. It's called Domestic Blues. And I'd love, my, I'd love Ray to do a kind of domestic blues album on me. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of, you know, in the future... I will do that. 
What's the domestic blues album like? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's it's all people, a real band, all playing together at the same time, him singing at the same time. And it's mainly acoustic instruments, but just rocking, you know, just so good. Through the streets where I was born The painted wall rose up around me You know Emily Barker. You seem to at least Australian yes. artists. You seem to be friends on social media. We recorded a podcast with her early in the week, actually, an episode. Emily Barker, I met through the Americana UK Association. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm on the board of the Americana UK. That is something that began as a, an offshoot of the Americana Association in the States. And... Um, we realized that it was a growing genre in the UK as well. And a lot of country artists that didn't feel they were country, they were kind of in between. They were like, where do we fit? You know? So um, the Americana UK Association began and Emily, actually, I think she won um, an award in one of the years. I think we're in our fifth year now um, of the awards and conference. That's always the end of January every year and emily won an award one year and that's how we got ah. to be friends she's so talented yeah yeah she's very good and new stuff's really good as well new single is amazing came out and she did a version for of it oh, for, really? yeah and she did a version for it for us the podcast as well so yeah i don't know if your audience are interested in in that genre specifically but it really is a wonderful community it's, it reminds me a lot when you were talking earlier about the Nashville community always supporting each other and collaborating. The members of the Americana UK Association are, are like that. They're very supportive. And there's a wonderful festival that embraces that type of music and that community called Black Deer Festival that is every summer in the UK. And it's just a one it's a wonderful community of people so if any of your listeners are interested it's um it's only like 25 quid to become a member of the association and you'll get a lot out of it you'll get a community that you'll feel is very song orientated live performance information festivals and um it's a really helpful helpful little band of people i really i really enjoy being part of it we'll put a link to that on the website after the podcast we were walking by planes and parachutes falling down from the sky through the So, Siobhan, you're going to play for us Last Thing On My Mind. Thank you. It's a lesson too late for the learning Made of sand, made of sand In the wing of an eye my soul is turning In your hand in your hand Are you going away with no words 
I didn't mean to be unkind You know that was the last thing on my mind You've got reason of plenty for going This I know This I know For the weeds have been steadily growing Please don't go Please don't go Are you going away with no word of farewell? Will it be not a trace left behind? I could have loved you better I didn't mean to be unkind You know that was the last thing on my mind As I lie in my bed in the morning Without you, without you Every song in my breast lies a-borning Without you, without you great that was brilliant thanks very much oh thanks thanks and big shout out to my mate lee horrocks for recording it for me because ray was too busy <laughs> and <laughs> and what makes me laugh is lee's busy as well but you know anyway i'm not saying and um another big shout out to kim ritchie for doing the background vocals i am very honored so are we siobhan thanks very much for coming on I thanks I so much being great Oh, you're welcome. I loved it. It was great to talk with people from back home. Don't worry about what you've been told Cause honey, I ain't even close to cold It's kind of soon to fall in love again Sometimes the best that you can do Is jump back in I'm Siobhan Mar-Kennedy and you've been listening to my episode of I Wish I Wrote That Song featuring The Last Thing on My Mind by Tom Paxton. The hosts were Keith Wyatt and David Glover. If you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a review with your podcast provider. Share it with your friends and shout about it generally. Please keep your eyes and ears peeled for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Well, folks will tell you that I ain't no good, but I will.